If you're making your way through Romans or Hebrews, especially Galatians, when you get into the middle of it, you begin to have a question. Why did God give the law? He explains that the covenant of Abraham was sufficient and that the covenant to Moses didn't annul the covenant with Abraham. So then why do we need it? And a question was asked here recently, are we under the law at all? Do we have anything that the law does for us today? So the question for us is, what is the purpose of the law? Hi, this is Robert Furrow, and this is Hot Topics. The comment section is open below. We would love to hear from you. Let me give you a few examples of Paul telling us that we are not saved by the law. Galatians 2.16, knowing that a man is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. And then again, the same verse, for by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified. What an incredible statement. By the works of the law, no flesh will be justified. Galatians 2.21 tells us, I do not set aside the grace of God. What a great statement, undeserved favor. I'm not gonna set aside the grace of God for some work that I'm gonna get a payment for because how could I ever do something that is anywhere near as powerful as the incredible grace of God? And then it says in the same verse, for if righteousness came through the law, then Christ died in vain. That's pretty clear. Galatians 3.18, he gives us another statement. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. So we haven't inherited anything by the law at all. Paul expects you to be asking, why then do we need the law? So he says in Galatians 3.19, what purpose then does the law serve? And then he tells us three reasons. It was added because of transgressions. We'll see this clearer later on. It was because of sin that it would be added. Tell, that word tell is until, meaning there would come a time when we wouldn't need the law anymore. Tell the seed should come from whom the promise was made. That's the seed, the descendant of Abraham, that would be the Messiah. And it was appointed through angels and by the hand of mediators. Now this verse tells us three very important things. Number one, that the law came because of transgression. That at the promise of Abraham, there was this promise that the Messiah would come through his descendants. But it was going to be 1,800 years. And so God raised up the children of Israel, delivered them from slavery, gave them the law on Mount Sinai given by angels. Not superior, but inferior to the other covenants. Abraham's covenant was given by God. It was God who passed through the pieces of the animals that Abraham cut apart. And the new covenant was brought by God in the flesh. Jesus on the last supper said, this is the blood of my new covenant. And he washed away our sins by that covenant. So angels and a mediator Moses were inferior and the law was inferior in every way. It does one thing really well. It shows us sin. It shows us what sin is all about. Now, Paul said it was because of transgression that the law was given. That is, the law does one thing really well. It shows us our sin. In Romans 3, 19 and 20, he gives the purpose of the law. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those that are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. 
Therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. We learn about sin from the knowledge of the law. And did you notice that it said that the whole world's mouth might be shut? In other words, even though we were only under the law until Christ, the law served a very specific means in revealing sin to all of us, that we know that we are guilty. I've borne false witness before, and that makes me a liar. I have coveted, and the law said not to covet. I've stolen before, and that makes me a thief. I've blasphemed. I've taken the name of God in vain, and that makes me a lying, blaspheming thief that is under the condemnation of God. Now, the law can't do anything to help me be forgiven for that, but it does reveal it to me really well. It's like a mirror that you look into and you see the help that you need. The law has shown me that I need a lot of help. Now, one of the things that we learn from the Bible is that the law was a ministry of death and condemnation. That's all that it could do because it showed you your picture of sin. It was a ministry of death. Listen to what it says in 2 Corinthians 3, 7 through 9. But if the ministry of death written and engraved on stones was glorious so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glorious countenance which was passing away, how will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? For if the ministry of condemnation had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds with much more glory. What a great promise. The ministry of death and the ministry of condemnation cannot be compared to the ministry of the Spirit, which brings much more glory into our lives. Now, it's very important for us to understand that the law diagnoses problems, but it can't cure them. It showed them to us, but it can't save us. But Hebrew says Christ can save to the uttermost. The law can't. In Galatians 3.10, it says, For as many as are under the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that does not continue in all the things that are written by the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. The just shall live by faith. Cursed is everyone who's under the law. This is the reason that you don't want to go under the law today. Because you have to keep it all. And even if you rewrite it and say, well, we only have to keep the Sabbath or we only have to keep the dietary laws. The Bible says if you break the law in one point, you break it in all and you don't want to be under the law at all. Now, we are no longer under the law. Romans 6.14 tells us that clearly. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. The next time someone tells you that you are under the law, Romans 6.14 is the perfect verse. Now, there's a couple of passages that tell us that the law cannot save. One of them is Galatians 3.20. Now, a mediator does not mediate for one, but for many. But God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a law given which could have given us life, truly righteousness would have been by the law. What a great verse. If there was any law God could have made, any list of rules and regulations that God could have made that would have brought righteousness, you wouldn't need to be under the law. The purpose of the law is not to save you. And that's why it's such a mistake for people to try to get under the law again. Now, something else for us to understand is that we are not under the law because we are dead to the law. The law is only for those who are living, 
But once you've died, you're free from the law. And so in Romans 7, 1 through 4, there's a passage that gives an illustration and then gives the principle. The illustration is very clear that if a woman has a husband who is living, she remains married to him. If she marries another, she's a fornicator. But if her husband dies, she's free from the law and she can marry someone else without being called a fornicator. Then it says, therefore, my brethren, you also having become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may become married to another, to him who raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit. We have died in Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And now I am not subject to the law at all. The Bible also tells us in Galatians 3.22, but the scripture has confirmed all under sin that the promise of faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept under guard by the law. What a picture, kept by guard for the faith which would afterwards be revealed. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. That's all the law is. It's a teacher. Now it was given that the whole world's mouth might be shut before God and that we might see the sin in our lives. And it's still serving that purpose today. The law is affecting us, but we are no longer under the law. And the Bible makes that very clear. The purpose of the law was to teach us until we would come to Christ. And in verse 25 of chapter three, it says, after faith has come, we no longer need the tutor. We don't need the law after faith has come because we have been forgiven. We have recognized that we are sinners. It is the law that shows us our sin and our need for the Messiah and drives us to him. Galatians 5.18 says, but if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. What a great promise. And what a good thing for us to walk in the spirit so that we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. One more verse, and this is Romans 7, 6. But now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. The law is not there for us to be put under it today, but to show us our own need that we would be delivered from sin. Paul lived in the time where he lived under the law and then he lived under grace. We live in a time where it's all under grace. I've never been under the law and I don't need the law and I don't need to keep the law. However, the law does show me the standards of God and that I have fallen short of those standards. All of us like sheep have gone astray, each unto his own way. And we need the incredible grace that comes from Jesus Christ. God bless you. Hope this helps. We'll see you next time on Hot Topics.